Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Welcome to ABG, Asian Boss Girl, a podcast for the modern day Asian American woman. My name is Helen. I'm Mel. And I'm Janet. Although the three of us now work on Asian Boss Girl full-time, we all have had experience working in corporate. From that obnoxious coworker who loved hearing the sound of his own voice, to horrible bosses that lacked a single empathetic bone in his or her body, to comments from coworkers about race and an unnerving correlation with some aspect of your work. As kids, we would make up scary stories to tell our friends, but now as adults, we still have scary stories to tell. Only this time, they're 100% real and 100% scary if not more. So in line with this month's theme of entrepreneurship and careers, we decided to take a walk down memory lane. Based on our past work experiences, myself working for a fashion e-commerce company, Janet having worked at one of the big four in advertising and in UX design, and Helen having worked at one of the big four in valuations, we know that no job is ever perfect, and we know that in a corporate setting, there are many parallel dynamics going on between people and the environment. Add tension and stress to that mix, and you get a hell of a lot of workplace horror stories. So Janet, why don't you kick us off? Okay, um, I'm going to go way back in my memory bank for this one. Um, this story comes from an internship I had over the summer between my freshman and sophomore year of college, and it was for a financial services company. Fun. Um, so, what? Was it fun? No. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was interesting, um, and it was, uh, loca- they, they have locations all over um, the nation, I guess, but this one was in Orange County. And, you know, Orange County, a lot of my coworkers there um, in that office were white male. Um, there were a, a few females, but uh, mostly the, the people that I was reporting to or working with on a daily basis were guys. And um, my main person I worked for during the time there was amazing, really, really nice. We actually, like, learned that I think we graduated from the same high school, like, but many, many years apart. Um, really cool, very uh, nurturing and, um, and, like, easygoing and approachable. The guy who was um, in a more, like, uh, senior position in that office was the person that was kind of my like ultimate check-in. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of my internship, I had like a meeting with him one-on-one. At the end of my internship, I had a meeting with him one-on-one. And it was at the ending meeting for my internship that I had uh, a pretty interesting experience. So he, of course, is, you know, kind of trying to be casual but professional and, you know, saying like, oh, you know, how did you like your internship? And this is kind of also the conversation they have with you when they're trying to figure out, like, would you be interested in kind of coming in full time, right? Eventually sometime in the future, because at this point I was still in college. Um, And at this point, I had already knew that this wasn't really like maybe the job or like setting for me. Um, But his conversation went from like 
the content of the internship then to like hey do you have a boyfriend mm. and I was like hell no what <laughs> I mean maybe you did but no no yeah and I was I remember kind of um and this was I was really young then this was like my one of my first experiences in like a corporate setting so I didn't know logically that that was not appropriate mm. but something in my gut was like that's weird like that doesn't yeah. seem relevant um, and he kind of spun it as, you know, well, because, uh, well, so the company, they, they work, um, on like a client per client basis. So you're, you're like driving a lot and meeting up with your, it's like financial consulting essentially mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. Uh, financial advisors. And so he kind of spun it as like, well, we, we want people who are like committed and it's hard if you're like in a relationship, especially if your person is like, you know, long distance. And I was just like, wow. no, I, you know, I think I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, it didn't go anything beyond that, but unfortunately I had heard other stories in, around the office about this guy particularly and other female interns. Oh, wow. Um, so I did not personally feel like in danger, but I definitely like that conversation was just kind of like awkward. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's gross. Yeah. That is was, such a cool gross story. <laughs> oh man. Did he bring it up just randomly? Hey, do you have a boyfriend? It wasn't, it was like the ending conversation. Like, Hey, how did you like it here? How, you know, like if you want to come back or whatever. And then I don't remember even how he segued into it, but he was just just kind of like yeah you know because like we want dedicated workers and like your your personal life and your schedule does kind of uh is relevant you know and i was like i don't think it is but okay it's fucking gross i wonder if that also becomes the norm for someone like him because he does yeah. have so many female interns probably yeah. probably chooses females right for yeah. his interns and they are constantly turning over and each one is you know they're um, they want to work hard they want to they want the job and so him being in a position of power he feels empowered to say these things to yeah. each person and then just kind of like feel that out and see what they say yeah, yeah. Ugh, it's, it's so it's, gross yeah especially i think in that industry it's like it's a little bit sales and like consultation so relationship building and rapport is like really kind mm-hmm. of prominent there right so if you, if he's in that kind of a setting and it's like oh but we're just talking and getting comfortable you know but i'm mm-hmm. like mm, that's not comfortable yeah. <laughs> and i think that when i hear about this i think it's really dangerous because He's like, in a sense, your hiring manager. Yeah. And there's no level of protection between you and him. Yeah. So when you go, when you have issues, you go to him. You're like, what if the issue is you? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good point. I don't know. How about you, ladies? So for me, I've worked in corporate for a pretty long period of time. And having stayed at one job for so long, I can sort of vouch for the fact that the work and the pressure and the stress does not get easier when you get promoted to the next level. I think a lot of people actually think it does, but mm. it actually gets harder. And you take on a lot more responsibility. So no matter... How much you get promoted, you will always be working for someone else. Even if you're the CEO of a company, in corporate, you're working for your clients and they become, you know, your boss and they are even more demanding, right? You can kind of see how um, this creates a lot of stress and pressure coming from the top down in a corporate setting. But for me, I feel like I have so many, so many stories involving just like 20, 30 hour days in the office, um, feeling underappreciated, undervalued worthless even sometimes like dumb um and with like little to no recognition other than maybe getting out at 5 p.m the next day to to get some sleep right i've been in what, what you what you would call a war room which is when every member of the team gathers in an office to solve a problem or get a deliverable out and during these times i felt like i couldn't even leave the room because everyone is working so hard so you don't want to be that person that's mm-hmm. like slacking and, and leaving the room um and during those times like to be honest the, the bathroom was my sanctuary I've fallen asleep on the toilet many times at like 3 a.m. And then also like felt guilty for being gone for 15 minutes because I had fallen asleep. So that type of a feeling or those memories of working in corporate is 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 there in my memory. Um, and they're definitely like the epitome of what I think horror stories are kind of like. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm also the type of person that 
Like when it's happening, it it sucks and I hate it. And I think about my exit strategy. But like once that day is over and I get this like euphoria in the high of getting good quality workout and making sure that the clients are happy and getting like a, a nice pat on my back. I'm kind of, I feel like I'm kind of like a goldfish where I quickly forget how bad it was mm-hmm. and I'm excited to move on to the next project. It's just so crazy because I know Helen and I, we actually work in very opposite industries. Um, I know, Janet, you also work in Deloitte, so you have some experience doing that, but I, I would never stay because I think that just sounds so horrendous to me, but I'm pretty sure like the high of getting out a good work or like they probably compensate you really well or like even giving you like good perks. Were you, were you also working there as an intern? I did not work there as an intern, just yeah. first job out of college. Yeah. But then are there good perks that came along with that? Yeah. That's made no, you it, it definitely, I mean, that's, I think that's how they, you know, keep like, you there for yeah. so long because compensation is very good relative to other, um, jobs out mm-hmm. there especially for like a first year out of college um and then like even the internships that they have they're they plan like a disneyland trip for all of the interns so they're it, it's incentive for yeah. you to come back you know i think um, when you mentioned that i was like oh disneyland <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah so it's like it's like these like a bonus for you know after a project is done or little things where it's like a pat on the back of like a small good job um and you also feeling like you're being challenged and you want to actually prove yourself mm. all of that mixed together you know i think keeps keeps people there for a long time no I, when you said the words war room i had a little bit of a visceral reaction because i i had that and then even more recently in my last job there are a lot of projects like that and that feeling of like you are literally trapped in a four by four box with yep. people for hours sometimes yeah. no window no window yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of the time no window actually yeah. and uh, either client sites or in the office and like yeah the feeling of guilt of, of leaving the room to like like I'm gonna go grab food is anyone I've had that a lot mm. of times where like if the person who's like leading the project is not gonna be forward about lunch we'll mm-hmm. just work straight through or you feel bad about bringing up like can we eat now yeah you know? yeah. <laughs> like, yeah I think you're you're very right and like it it uh for the personality of a person who likes to go through like like to challenge yourself and to struggle and to come out like to feel like a great sense of reward for accomplishing something it really helps right I think mm-hmm. it was interesting to listen to you say that at the end of it like when you get that, the the end product, you felt like it was like kind of worth it. Mm-hmm. I think the difference for me was like when we had the end, I was like, this doesn't feel worth it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just curious because obviously I didn't work in this very like war room type of environment. Um, when you started out in this industry, Helen, like was that the norm though to have like 50 plus uh, 80 hour work weeks? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely is. Um, it, there's this thing called utilization too, where everyone has to meet a certain level of utilization. So how many hours you're utilized. So each week, I think for interns and staff one, it's the highest. I forget, I forget what it wow. was, but um, it's probably like 80 plus percent that you are doing chargeable work. Yeah. And then when you're an intern or a first year out of college, you're trying to also learn the admin side and learn like the way, you know, mm-hmm. the, the ropes of, of surviving in, in that world. So there's a lot of self-learning that doesn't get you know, uh, charged as chargeable time, obviously, but there's just additional time that you have to put in. And the more time that you put in, the faster you're going to pick things up. So I think a lot of people coming out of college, um, especially going to a big four, these are people who are high achievers, who don't want to fail, who are going to put themselves through a lot of craziness just to prove themselves. Mm. I think that's the expectation. That's the, that was the expectation when I went in Mm. and I was like, I'm here, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to prove myself and I'm going to climb this, this, imaginary ladder you know <laughs> whoa how about for you mel my story goes back to my internship days too in college and it's actually very similar to Hel- janet's story my internships in college i always i was there for smaller companies so the team was very small um my hiring manager who the person who took, who took care of hiring all the interns was also known to be a little creepy but he wasn't creepy to the point where like everyone was like it's a, it's an issue it's always like oh that felt kind of off like okay maybe that's just i'll just ignore it 
Um, but I've noticed really quickly that I'm like, okay, this is his kind of behavior. I'll avoid him because I didn't work under him. I was on a different team. But there was one moment where he was like high-fiving me for good work. And he high-fived me, and then he interlaced his fingers. Ew, ew, ew. I, knew that, I knew that was coming. I was and, like, I was, oh. and I was like, okay, oh, yeah. And, I was like, and then I let go. I was like, okay, yeah, good job. And then I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, for me, I was like, maybe that's just how he – like, when you're younger, you're like, you're trying to rationalize it. Oh, maybe that's the way he high-fives. Or like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just a high-five. Yeah. But then um, I heard, like, years later from some friends that, like, he got laid off there because obviously, like, he was – like, it wasn't yeah. – it was, a, it was a healthy working environment. Mm-hmm. And plus, I think other people probably, like, brought up concerns uh, of his, mm-hmm. you know, you don't do that shit to, like, interns. His mannerisms, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I can understand that when you're young and, like, trying to make a good impression or trying to, like, not cause any tension, how scary that could be. Yeah. Or how, like, awkward it could feel. Same with the creepy older guy. Yeah. Actually, you're st- like, when you said your reaction, it made me think of my situation, which is when you're younger and it's a, pos- a person in a position of power, you're first going to question yourself. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, is that wrong? Yeah. I don't know. But I think the moral of the story is if you felt a little bit of something of, is that wrong? It probably is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've probably had a story similar to that before. And um, I-, I feel like coming out of this a corporate job, I my, my creep dar is mm. very high. Like, I can sense a creepy guy. Because there's so there are so many like yeah. powerful creepy mm. men you know that are unfortunately there. Yeah. So even just the way they when they approach you, just the way they look at you, or the way mm. you know when they they speak to you, a certain yeah. like tone in their voice, it's yeah. just like, okay, you're creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out for you. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, and but like you were saying, Janet, you don't know if that's just how they are, if it's right or wrong. But over time, you just your creep dar is great yeah trust trust your creep dar trust it trust the gut trust your gut if it feels wrong it's probably wrong yeah i think one thing i learned from the experience is to definitely speak up more if i felt uncomfortable um and also just really like it also inspires me or motivates me to like really build good relationships at the company so if i feel uncomfortable i have someone to confide in or talk to Mm -hmm. you know whether it's someone at the same level of position as the guy or someone even like who who can support me and back me up i think that's something that's really important like i don't want people to feel like they're like isolated in their own thoughts and this creepy behavior because like i think for example it wasn't until I talked to other people or other interns that they felt that way. I'm like, oh shit, this is a pattern mm-hmm. yeah, versus yeah. like, it's just me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would encourage people to actually build relationships at your internships mm-hmm. or at these companies. So that way you could have someone to confide in. Kind of um, have more people back you up when these things happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Jenna, do you have any other like, you know, horror stories? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> That's my spooky voice. <laughs> <laughs> actually listening to some of um, Helen's stories jogs my memory back to my first job uh, when I was working at a big four um, first job out of college. And Big four, we love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's definitely like the environment, the hours, the culture is all like hearing you describe that like takes me back and not in the best or worst of ways. But <laughs> um, I do remember like my, when I first started there and it was like a pretty small team, uh, my senior person that I was assigned to was kind of like my mentor. We were on a project together and it was like the first project we were working on together. Um, and she came from an international background. So there was a component of like communication and mannerisms that were kind of hard for us to grasp and like establish rapport with. And initially when I first got to know her, it almost came off like she was like cold and like a little bit harsh. Um, and I remember there was like one night that we were like, we had a deadline in the morning and like, literally it was to the point where she's like sitting next to me at my computer and we're like trying to knock something out. And then, um, she said to like delete something and then I delete, she's like, Oh no, no, never mind. And then I heard her do it. She's like, but I told you not to do that. And I was just like, those moments of like, 
I knew that she was really stressed out, but it was just like, and that was only one example, but we had multiple instances like that where I could tell that she was losing her cool. And for me, as like a brand new person, I was like, oh my God. And this is like the only person I have to like help me with this project, you know? Um, That was one example. And I had another project where it was also, it's, it's the positions like Helen, like you were saying, like when people get promoted, it's not, I think you have this idea, especially coming out of school that like, oh, if it's a greater position, um, it's going to be better work, right? No, your responsibilities increase and the Mm -hmm. stress increases. So um, the senior slash manager on one of my other projects was managing like, I think it was like three of us staff people in all in different offices. And this was like a couple of months of projects where we would check in daily and it was like really detailed work and he's doing it on the phone. And there were just so many instances on Messenger and on the phone where he was just so like, you could tell this guy was like stressed mm-hmm. out and he would take it out on us, right? And he's yeah. not meaning to. And it was, I think because you're in a lower position you and you're brand new, you're like, I don't know, is this normal? Maybe yeah. I did something wrong. Um, but at the end of the project, he actually like apologized, like he addressed it to mm-hmm. us. And that was for me, like critical because I think it's important to know um, that that's not appropriate behavior, right? Yeah. He recognized that he was doing something wrong. But th- I would say that there's multiple experiences of that work environment because it's so high stress where I've seen a lot of people lose their cool. Like yeah. I've sat in offices with senior managers who were yelling, mm-hmm. like literally standing up and yelling. And like we're sitting in the room and you're just kind of like, uh, <laughs> yeah. What do I do? I don't know. Not everyone makes a good manager. Yeah. (laughs) Very true. I've had a senior manager when I was a senior just make every single person cry, including myself. Like, no matter what it is, they're putting their stress onto you. And then because you feel responsible in a way, you take all of that in. And it's like every little thing, every single phone call was like, I could have probably cried. Because they just make you feel like such shit. shit. As hard as you're trying, you're putting in your best effort. And there's always something little like why did you put I don't know why did you like write it this way like you could have you should have copied it from the old one and like you know mm. it's just like they, you do the best you can and if it's not what they're expecting then they almost feel like they have a right to yell at you yeah you know so I feel like that's why upward feedback is so 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 important mm-hmm. and every company should have anonymous upward feedback yeah it's very true especially in those settings like um, mm. because those conversations that your higher person is having with you no one else in the room like their higher up person is not in the room with you mm-hmm. so it's it's the, the behavior will continue if there isn't feedback that that's yes. like not working, right? Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, even if there is upward feedback, sometimes because the management team is their, they're their friends, right? Mm. They've like grown up with them in the company usually. It's not sometimes nothing ever happens, but it's always good to, you know, just make sure that that's known. Yeah. This just really frustrates me hearing this because like I'm really big on like relationship building and people yeah. and I'm just like... I think what Helen says, right? Like you, some people are just are not meant to manage people or they don't know how to, like you could be really good at your job, but managing people in a team is a whole different Mm ballgame that people need to learn the skill as well. Like, ah, I'm so mad <laughs> hearing this. It's like, mm, I know you've never been in therapy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so seriously though. Like I hated, like I definitely had a manager before was like telling me, why did you write this way? Like just kind of criticizing everything I did. And I'm just like, you're literally not giving me any guidance whatsoever. You're yeah. just telling me what I should be doing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that's what, what do you like? What do you expect for me to do with that? Yeah. Yeah. It's not constructive if it's just like kind of letting their anger out. Right? Exactly. I mean, I've definitely been on that side before where like I've gotten angry at yeah. my like staff for seniors, but I, I, I always remind myself like you've been through this before, reel it in, teach them. Yeah teach them give it give them like two or three chances yeah. if they continue to make those same mistakes then you can unleash a little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
But only after, like, mm. trying to teach them. I think the empathy makes a big thing, having, like, been in that position of mm. the person that you're guiding. Yes. Right. That's true. How about you, Helen? Any any other horror stories? Um, I do have another story. Um, I won't say which company I was working with because I've had a bunch of, like, internships in the past two. I know I've only had this one big four job post-college. But I've been to a strip club before with my male boss, male coworker, all the C-suite men of this large chain they have over 2,000 stores. It's a large chain. And I won't say what company it was, but um, I experienced my first private room lap dance from this night. With your With... coworkers in the room too? No, no, they weren't in the room, but they like paid for a room for me. To be honest though, I, I didn't feel like I was in danger. Like I had full control of the night. No, no one was creepy. Like I said, my creep dar is like very high. Even the CFO was saying like, oh, you remind me of my daughter. Are you sure you're okay with this? I know that yeah. sounds creepy, yeah. but he said it in a way where he was just like, you really don't like you know, have to be here. Are you sure you're comfortable with this? You know, a part of me did feel like I had to go to this team outing if everyone mm. was going, but I think I'm also the type of person that's down for like an experience. Yeah. Like you ladies know that I'm down for any experience. I did, I did feel like I could say no if I wanted to. Right. But I could see how this could be a very problematic situation for someone who wouldn't feel comfortable mm. um, in the situation. And I think another thing to highlight from this is that corporate is unfortunately a man's world. Like I think there's, it's 19 to one CEOs are men. And we were there as a team, my team, to solidify huge revenue for our company with this client. And, you know, it took a strip club to make it happen. And there were no other women on the team? for this There were no other women on the team. Oh, man. Yeah. So it was pretty, it was pretty scary. Yeah. But. Well, I, I have stories from my friends who work corporate. They, they actually like now like do team lunches at the strip clubs because I heard they have a really good buffet. <laughs> I heard it too. That sounds like they have really good food. Like, I, yeah. I didn't get buffet that night in the form of food. Just kidding. <laughs> Because part of me is like, oh, maybe they went there for, I was like, oh, this is like a client meeting. But I was like, oh, I had definitely heard like the food at the strip clubs are pretty good. <laughs> That's no excuse. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you got a private. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, like it was a female and yeah, I was yeah. just like, please don't do anything. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't like, you don't have to do anything. Yeah, let's just talk. Do, like, oh, like, we could dance together. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, let's just talk. Okay, let, that's it. And do you guys talk? Yeah. Yeah, we just talk. She didn't she didn't do anything. She would try to like dance and stuff and yeah. I was just like, "Ah, oh, it's okay." It's okay. Yeah. Like I'm just here cuz just for the experience, you know. Like <laughs> I said, I'm down to like experience yeah, things, yeah. but once it gets scary or creepy or like invades my yeah. my privacy yeah, yeah. and my my temple of my body, then I'm like, "Nah, I can't." You know, I'll, I'll remove myself. So. Yeah, yeah. Was it on? So you said the guy that like kind of um, was telling you like, "Oh, you remind me of my daughter." Like yeah. really checking in on you. Was that on the client side or was that like, client side? That was the uh, CFO of the company. What about the people like your the higher up people on your side? How was um, the? Um, re- he was so he he was like a bro. Like he's mm. so like broy. Like you know, like yo, Helen, we're like, we're gonna get this deal. I think he might have had like a like sidebar with me and just been like you 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 good with this like very quick just like you good you know like I trusted him too not creepy um and I was you know I felt safe yeah it kind of sounds like that experience is like your like your team and the client it's just kind of like it's kind of like it's part of the game and they both they both knew it so we're playing along yes but do we want do they both want to be there like 100 percent? maybe not 100 percent, but like they knew it's kind of icky yeah Yeah. I mean I I feel like they probably did really yeah it's like a a getaway from like family and all that stuff like oh it's business you know so and business happened but yeah, it's true. unfortunate that it has to be in that room yeah for me if that were like if i was in the situation like taking me to a k-pop concert and I'd be like, <laughs> yeah. can we just talk k-pop star <laughs> 
Skillshare is a sponsor of today's episode of Asian Boss Girl. In this episode, we discuss the topic of careers and our horror stories related to them. With the stay-at-home order and quarantining in place, I've heard even more horror stories from friends who are expected to be available at any moment, and work becoming even more demanding with little regard for personal space and time. If you're on the hunt for a new job at all, take a look at Skillshare. They offer tons of classes, content, and community workshops to help you start asking the hard questions of whether the career you're in is right for you. They offer topics like career development, practical steps to a new career, or career 2.0, find work that inspires you, and LinkedIn for career changes, crafting your own story online. Explore new skills, deepen existing passions, and get lost in creativity with classes from Skillshare. Skillshare is also incredibly affordable, especially when compared to pricey in-person classes and workshops. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. Explore your creativity at Skillshare.com ABG and get two free months of premium membership. That's right, Skillshare is offering Asian Boss Girl listeners two free months of unlimited access to thousands of classes. Head to Skillshare.com ABG. As working women who are constantly on the go, we are big fans of consuming content in audio formats. Audible is the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, and they also provide podcasts, guided wellness programs, theatrical performances, comedy, and exclusive Audible originals you won't find anywhere else. Every month, members get one credit to pick any titles, plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection, and access to daily news digests like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. As someone who thrives off multitasking and efficiency, I've been using Audible a lot these past few months. Whether it be during a light workout at home, on the way to get groceries, or prepping dinner for the night, it's like a gift of found time, where I can listen on the go. Lately, I've been listening to The Power of Vulnerability, written and narrated by Brene Brown. Her teachings on authenticity, connection, and courage are life-changing. Explore all the ways listening on Audible can help improve mind, body, and soul with entertainment, information, and inspiration. Visit audible.com ABG or text ABG to 500-500. That's audible.com ABG or text ABG to 500-500. How about for you, Mel? Any other horror stories? I don't know if this is like horrific, but uh, when I first moved to LA, it was during my interview process, actually. So, you know, obviously when you interview with different companies, you have like the phone call with HR. And then when you make it to last rounds, you go visit in person, like the company, you take a tour and you meet people, right? I went, I made it to last rounds for this company and I met them to, you know, get a tour of the, of the office. And I was a little horrified to see the office space. I was telling another friend, I was like, you know, I could do like a stale office space with like fluorescent lighting or whatever but this place felt like a jail mm-hmm. like it felt like i'm in a factory that people weren't taking care of and like so i was walking around i was like thinking like oh my god people actually work here the rooms were like it felt like cement walls there were like really dim lighting it really felt like i was in a factory yeah and and when she was like oh this is where we eat lunch and i was like what the f-? like <laughs> it was like this kind of shady just wall and room and there's like 10 fridges lined up and that's it so mm-hmm. this is where we eat lunch i'm like oh wow like and it makes me think about, like, should people say something like, this is your working and, like, this is your office environment? Like, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that is normal to some industries. I'm just like, mm. I don't think this is right. I've heard stories of uh, a friend who um, works for, she works as a lawyer at the county and, like, her offices have had, um, what is that called? Like, this, you know, the, in the 80s, the, the ceiling. This, oh, the like, pop, like popcorn Yeah, the popcorn ceiling. ceilings. And then that caused like illnesses in, in yeah. the employees. So it is, you have to think about like office, like health safety. Yeah. Yeah. So I think people are just don't, they don't bring it up because they be like, you know, your livelihood like depends on getting that salary or that income. So I understand, but I'm like, dude, like we do have to better environments for people to want to work there and like kind of just, I do think environment really matters. 
And so after that, like I got offered and I was like, no, like I cannot, like I asked myself, like, can I see myself coming here every single day from nine to five? And I was like, I really can't. I'll be miserable here. So I declined. Mm. I know all of us are very eager to find a job. You know, we have to pay rent and all this stuff, but they're not also interviewing you and evaluating them, but you're also evaluating the work environment in the space where you want to work out. Like, for example, like, to be honest, the biggest reason why I declined that place is because I didn't feel very safe going there. Like, I didn't feel like I could walk in and out of this office and feel protected. And, you know, Janet, you mentioned, like, the whole health concern. Like, for me, it didn't probably meet the health um, guidelines. Exactly. That, yeah. So I was like, I don't, I think with that, I'm like, I don't, think this is the appropriate place for me and it's for me it's not about like i want the fancy couches i want all the free food no that i mean i love free food but (laughs) when i'm looking for a job at that time i was like i just wanted a really good like a decent paying job yeah and for me i was like even for the like they didn't actually didn't offer that much to begin with but that space just didn't do it for me either because like i just didn't feel safe yeah but i've also i think mel like what you're describing makes me think of when i was in advertising i went to interview at a lot of places um and there are advertising is like there's large companies but there's also these kind of small startup-y agencies and i went to many of a quote-unquote offices where it was like someone's garage yeah like it was in venice and it's beautiful but you're like this is (laughs) like that is that a bathroom i'm not sure yeah yeah. like is there air conditioning in here or like it felt stuffy and weird and yeah so definitely I think it to the point make sure that you're you know you're not trying to be like picky about things but you need to have a radar for safety and protection and comfort okay well another horror story that I have this is gonna be a quick one but I was going for an iBanking job on Wall Street and it was and this is after college um or senior year for my first job after college and it was a super day interview which means that there's like a number of interviews you're meeting with a bunch of different people and my first interview of the day was this clearly disgruntled overworked woman who had like her kids drawing taped up on the wall with the words like i love you mom Aww. scribbled on it um and this partner when i went to her office she just looked me up and down sized me up and the first thing she did was give me advice that it's hard for females to make it in i banking on wall street and to reconsider my career path oh, and man. i was just like what yeah <laughs> are you serious like is this is and and i didn't react in a way where i was just like that's not like yeah that's not good etiquette yeah right um i think i just took it as if it was a challenge to see how mm-hmm. i would react and i tried to like you know mm-hmm. talk through it and like no this is what i you know what i want to do and um like do you have any questions for like technical questions and things like that you yeah. want to ask me because i can prove myself to you here yeah but it was just such a weird start to, mm. you know, just entering the corporate world. Yeah. And it kind of set in my mind that like, oh, it's hard for women to make it to the top at a job like this. So when she said that to you, you reacted by saying, this is what I want to do. And yeah. then was it, did she follow up with any questions or was She it did. Like... She did. But clearly she didn't want to be there because mm. I think she already gave up on me. Was she Asian or is she? No, she was white. white. Yeah. Interesting. When you said that at first, because you're describing like she had her kids drawing to the back, I was almost wondering, it's like, is she saying this almost as like a forewarning? Yeah. Like, I want to yeah. protect you from yes. a future of like mm. sinking your life into, you I know. think there was a little bit of that too, yeah. probably. Because she probably, I mean, maybe she had a bad day and she yeah, went through something yeah. where it's like, you know, maybe she couldn't make it to her kids thing or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm always trying, trying to see like the other side of it. And I was like, okay, she just had a bad day. Just try to get through this interview. Try to, you know impress her or whatever it is i've seen it many times where it's just women with kids it it is harder because the company itself doesn't provide enough resources or support yeah you know no no, um equal paternity leave for women Mm. to take more time off and and all of these things are structural so i mean i think there's just like a lot that still needs to be done for like true equality in the workplace yeah it's interesting to me that your reaction in that situation with like 
like you took it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, what else was I gonna do? Like, <laughs> took a freaking flight there from Boston to New York, and oh, I was just shit. like, okay, it took me a long time to get. Oh, it didn't take a long time, but I was like, took me effort to get here, yeah, so let yeah. me try, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's also hard because, like, I think of it as, as like a, you know, we're older, we have younger, like, we have friends who are younger, or like, you know, you have, I have like younger brother, but like. Even though you know, maybe this is not the right path for you, like, whatever. But it's just, like, the way she said it, I was like, mm, could have said a little bit better. Versus, like, this isn't, like, the way she said it, it just, like, kind of mm. turned you off from the get-go. Versus, yeah. like, hey, like, let me let me interview you and see. Maybe this is, maybe this is, I'd rather her go through the process and figure out it's not for her versus me telling you, you're not, you're not going to make it. Kind yeah. of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, like, very quick judgment without even me, like, barely saying anything. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty horrible story. You flew out. I can see baby Helen in her suit. Because yeah. <laughs> also Helen, like, see her like ready to go. Yeah. And she's like, and this lady is like, no. And Helen's like, no. <laughs> I'm going to show you I can. Like, yes, me in my H and M suit. <laughs> so I have one more story to share. It's not really corporate, but so you guys know that I have a background in production. So I did a lot of photo shoots, video shoots, and moved to LA for it. Working in production, also just in media working in media in general, you're going to have to do a lot of grunt work. To, and in the beginning, you won't get paid for it. But regardless of that, um, I had an experience where I was getting ready for a photo shoot and someone on my team, I had a stylist on my team that literally is the epitome of when you see on like Hollywood videos that the, the kind of prissy or like height maintenance person, I was like, oh, that doesn't exist. That's like a movies. No, she was very difficult to work for and work with. Like a big part of my job working production, you're going to have to do coffee runs and get lunch for people. Yeah, it's like the grunt, like the shitty work. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you do like have to kind of let go of your ego for this, right? You're grabbing coffee for people. You have to make sure their orders are correct. Make sure you get the right lunch orders for people, right? So what we used to do to make things easier for the whole team, like, you know, we had, we have a team of 13, 15 people. And so we would send a menu around saying, hey, do you guys just mind, like, here's the menu, or this, here's what we're eating for tomorrow. Do you guys mind just choosing something and let me know? And we'll make sure everything's ready for you for, for the photo shoot. Honestly, the menus we give out are pretty, like, self-explanatory like there's salads whatever like there's it's just from the menu this one person would always ask me oh can I get that but do you mind calling if they have all this other stuff and I'm like oh like I have other things to worry about for this photo shoot besides your fucking meal but I didn't say that to her I was like yeah let me see so like I would do that so many times where I'm like I'm wasting so much time just to get her one order correct and she'll complain like I'm really getting that for lunch or like oh really like can you check if they have this this specific vegetable or this specific thing and I'm just like oh my god like yeah. this is kind of insane and so she'd always make comments about food towards us and I'm just like man like lady like first of all you're getting paid for your job yes you're getting free food free coffee what makes you think what like why do you feel like you have to complain or say something and so for me I'm like I had to bite my tongue a lot and just not say anything because I she'll she'll say like oh you got my order wrong or like I this is not what I wanted so I felt like shit like I wasn't doing my job right Mm. the easiest thing of getting just lunch I couldn't do right Mm. and so it was uh it was a little difficult because I'm like it also made me question like why am I even grabbing lunch or coffee to begin with like is this what I want to do like does this media is this what it is but I mean I sucked it up and I ended up talking to my manager. Um, and she was like, Mal, like, to be honest, I'm having the same issues with her. Mm-hmm. It's not just you. So, I mean, I'm happy I brought it up to her because we kind of worked it out a little bit. But we just learned that she's just like a very difficult person. Mm-hmm. She was nice sometimes. But other times I'm just like, God, this lady is so high maintenance. Complain about the littlest thing. So like, I think um, for anyone who wants to work in media, like I think you, to, you do have to like swallow your ego a lot mm-hmm. for your job. You're literally like, yeah, like you're on runs all the time. So that's something you want to go into. I would say 
that's an expectation you should have that you're going to be doing a lot of grunt work. And um, if you have, do have issues, like go to find someone again you could trust and talk to these things about. Because I learned really quickly that it wasn't just me; it was her. And you were a assistant producer. Or I was like a production, production coordinator. Yeah. What was interesting to me about your story is when you said it it made you feel like you weren't doing your job right. Yeah. And that's a good thing to like distinguish is like there's like tasks that you're doing that maybe you don't enjoy, um, but try to separate that from your own self-value or like your ability in the work. Mm. And you were able to figure that out when you had to uh, talk with your manager, right? So yeah. for those of our listeners who are, you know, participating in projects or tasks that maybe give you a similar like frustration, maybe seeking like um, or talking to other people in the workplace, maybe if you start to gauge like, hey, this is something that's like common and it's not just like you, yeah. I guess. That's like the biggest thing I actually learned like through all corporate. I couldn't have survived my jobs without having like a, like a buddy or a friend throughout all my works mm, yeah because you, you need someone like kind of like confide in and share your struggles with yeah. right so that's like the biggest takeaway i learned working you know for a company so i have one more story to share um i think the, the other one that i shared was about kind of the um tense and stress and like yelling matches that would happen in a more corporate setting i just want to even out the playing field a little bit and say that it's not just corporates that or corporate you know settings that have that in uh, one of my past jobs for UX design I was working at like a, a tech company and it was you know it's like the whole shiny they offer you like awesome it's like yeah. fun and everyone's a family, family. Yeah. yeah and I did I loved my team and they were actually really they did a really good job of balancing like the personal and the professional um, but because I think sometimes you have that personal relationship there would be an ease of maybe being more like casual with each other. Mm -hmm. And we, I still remember being in a meeting room for a project that was kind of like intense. And I had two of my bosses literally just start going at each other and it became kind of like personal. and then also professional. Yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it was a situation where like, they're very, very different in how they view things. And that's actually why they collaborate really well together. Cause they're like kind of opposite mm -hmm. um, approaches and work styles, but they just couldn't agree. And they were, it was almost like sitting there. Like I felt like it was like a, at a like domestic, yeah. Yeah, like it was like mom and dad fighting and yeah. you're just like sitting there. Um, but yeah, so I just, I did want to share that that kind of tension happens in like multiple work environments. Yeah. And for me, my one takeaway from that was, um, I think because I didn't feel directly threatened and I knew that they might be arguing with each other, but the content of the arguing was still work related. And, um, and for me, it's realizing that like your bosses are human, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like to kind of put yourself in their shoes and kind of, um, understand that they had multiple projects going on. Maybe this one was like a particularly heavy hitting one or whatever it was. Yeah. And, and in that situation, I didn't feel personally threatened. So it didn't feel like as toxic, I guess. I think one thing, if you don't mind me asking, Janet, like, did they apologize to you guys at the end though? They actually did. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that's a very good point. Um, I think that's a huge difference mm -hmm. between whether it feels like it's toxic or not, right? Yep. Because then it's like a, it's a instance that isn't happening or it's an instance that's like not common yep. yeah. and they recognize that they were in the wrong versus some of the other environments I've been in. It just is like you already know like every once a week I'm mean, there's gonna be a scream yeah. <laughs> damn no I, I wanted to ask because I feel like the apology is very important like even mm. think about family environment like if let's say you guys are really close to your coworkers, acknowledging hey my behavior wasn't great I am so sorry I don't want to ever like create this environment where you guys feel like uncomfortable yeah. as like the kids or like the part of the team so I think that's really important even as Listeners, you guys all, if you guys are working corporate, like, as a manager, like, acknowledge the environment you're creating for your team. Yeah. You know, if you fuck up, hey, acknowledge you fucked up. It's okay. Yeah. It's uh, very rare, though, I think, for people to actually own up to their mistakes. Yes. Because they'd rather just pretend, like, n you know, nothing yeah. can happen and yeah. move on from it. Once you speak up and you say, hey, I did something wrong, yeah. then people might start labeling you as, like, oh, this manager fucks up all the time. Mm -hmm. So I could see how, like, that that's good that they spoke up. Yeah, yeah. 
My skin has always run on the dry side, and just in the last couple of years, I've started paying attention to wrinkle prevention. Whether you're trying to take control of acne, fine lines, dark spots, or clogged pores, Curology will customize a prescription formula with three active ingredients picked for you to tackle your skincare needs. To get your treatment plan, what I did was start by answering questions online about my skin and sending in a couple of selfies. Next, Curology matched me with a licensed dermatology provider who got to know my skin, and I received a customized prescription cream to address my unique skin concerns. Curology then set me up with a personalized treatment plan and shipped my custom formula right to my door. And Curology comes with a set of three products, a face wash, moisturizer, and your custom formula. Get a powerful skincare treatment made for you today. Go to curology.com slash ABG for a free 30-day trial. You just pay for shipping and handling. That's C-U-R-O-L-O-G-Y dot com slash ABG to unlock your free 30-day trial. See Curology.com for all the details. Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than a leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. I think one of my takeaways from just what I mentioned earlier about like the working long hours and things like that, that kind of sometimes is expected. When people ask me if they should start a passion project right away after college or go into a corporate job, I think I'm a little biased because this is my own experience. But for me, I would say go into a corporate job. Um, But I was actually just catching up with my mentor who works at EY, super amazing guy, about to retire. Hi, Chris, if you're listening. Um, But I was telling him that EY really did prepare me to start and, you know, to build out ABG to what it is now. I didn't think that it would because what I did is so niche, like valuation for private companies. How are these skills going to actually transfer to running a podcast? Mm -hmm. But I think with running any business venture of your own requires soft skills that you will pick up in a structured professional corporate setting. Um, So I know we're like denouncing all of this like corporate horror (laughs) stories, right? But there, there are positives to it. It's like how you talk to clients, how you pitch and sell yourself. These are all skills that are so important to the foundation of building a business, the soft skills. Mm -hmm. So my takeaway is that, yes, there are a lot of corporate horror stories out there. But if you can take something positive away from your experience, rather than just focusing all of your energy on the negative, you'll be surprised at how much you learn about yourself and others coming out of it. And I think another takeaway is that if you are constantly thinking that you can't do your job properly, if you're questioning your worth and you're stuck in a really toxic work environment and also not growing professionally pull yourself out of there. Mm-hmm. Like trust your gut. Give it a couple of weeks. I know, Jenna, you mentioned before, it's like with your job transitions, making sure that it's not a reactionary decision, that you're giving time to it to make sure that it's not, to make sure that it's not impulsive. Mm-hmm. Like don't give up right away, but know that you can leave your job and find a comparable job 
um, one that's likely with a better culture. I would definitely echo. Um, I know I speak very negatively of some of my past work experiences in corporate, but like uh, I also appreciated having that, you know, as a base. And I know that in getting some of my like second, third, fourth jobs, like that core background is what differentiated me from some of my peers and my, yeah. the other candidates. So I definitely think in addition to the soft skills, just basic, like a lot of um, uh, like, it's not even administrative, but it's like, administrative but also technical I think Mm -hmm. any type of analyst type role you're going to build up a strong skill set of being able to be detail oriented and know how to execute on projects and Mm -hmm. things like that so um, I would say for listeners yeah like there's definite benefit to being trained in that environment Mm -hmm. early on Um, I think for me um, specifically in some of my stories where I'm talking about like high stress situations where people are kind of like losing their cool uh, my way of handling it has always been that I try to just maintain my cool and not react. It's kind of the same when we talked about like dealing with gossip in the office. Like I'm not going to denounce someone else for doing that. I just won't participate. Yep. And it's the same as if your environments where people are like yelling or they're stressed out, they're mistreating you. I think if you continue to act to maintain your composure, and of course there's always going to be some, like you need to know the line, right? Like mm-hmm. an HR department exists there for a reason. Having your managers to have conversations for a reason. Mm-hmm. But generally if people are like, if there's tension to always just kind of like try to be the person in the room that maintains the calm um, has always been really, really helpful. And I think the other thing is like to think about some of these experiences with your bosses, um, always try to understand that they're human too. Mm. And I think that's like, you know, and of course, once again, there's always a line, but I would always try to observe like what might be happening with them. And then only if I feel like my, if I feel like my safety's in danger, would I, you know, kind of do something, but otherwise trying to kind of like see where people are coming from. Yeah. I think I agree with both you guys. Obviously when I started out my career, I, I pursued my passion first, so very opposite um, from both you guys, but I ended up going to corporate and I would say that I learned a lot working in an office environment, being part of a team, like being part of a bigger structure. Cause I think one thing we talk about amongst us three is like, ABG is able to survive because all three of us had that experience. We're on the same page. Mm-hmm. If we didn't have that experience, I don't think we're able to like kind of operate in a way that pushes us forward. Um, so we did take a lot of our skills from our corporate or office jobs to ABG. So don't feel like you're stuck in your job. You're still going to take away something from it. And for me, the biggest thing I learned from these settings is like my, I, I was able to build up my soft skills and actually evaluate what I, what I value. Because obviously hearing our stories, a lot of the issues we have are with people. And so you learn how to deal with people, learn how to manage, learn how to give upward feedback. And, you know, honestly, as we think about scaling our team and growing this bigger, I'm like thinking about how can I make sure my team is taken care of? And a lot of those skills and learnings are from my interactions with my team members and my corporate job. So you're going to take away something really valuable from your corporate job. Speaking of internships, hello. I think this episode's coming out when we're looking for interns, right? <laughs> yeah. So speaking of expanding our team, we're really excited to announce that we're officially looking for two interns. Uh, we're looking for a social media intern and a video editing intern. We're just looking to, you know, help grow our team. We're be, you guys will be working directly with all three of us. I'm just really excited to, for people to join our team. Yeah, I mean, I think we definitely hit a, a place where it's like there is a lot to do and a lot going on, and um, we're tapping tapping out, not tapping out, but like <laughs> we're maxing out maxing our capacity. Out, yeah. um, so it'd be I'm, I'm excited, super excited to to have someone on, and yeah, I think whoever jumps on our team is going to also learn from us and the experiences that we are bringing to to this intern too. So excited to meet whoever you are yeah <laughs> just keep your eye out on social media um, and you can check our link in bio and our instagram page for the links for the roles thanks everyone for joining in and listening to our recounting of our corporate horror stories 
we're not in those environments now, um, and we are trying to create better environments by starting our own company and leading by example. So we do have some partnerships that we want to share with you all. Better help for getting us through these rough few months, ritual for our daily dose of vitamins and daily harvest for some truly delicious delivered to your door meals. The links and codes you can use for a discount can be found in our show notes. For more partnership discounts, head to our website. You can find us on all the podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a rating and review at Asian Boss Girl. And if you'd like to support us through monthly donations, you can do so at anchor.fm slash asianbossgirl slash support. We're also very active on social. Our handle is at Asian Boss Girl. If you resonate with today's episode, leave us a comment on your corporate horror stories in our most recent Instagram post or screen cap the podcast, tag us, and we can reshare on our IG story. From this episode, I hope you take away that you're not alone in whatever horror story you might be living and working through. Also find us on YouTube where we have started posting some fun videos. Subscribe at Asian Boss Girl. And thank you to our super talented editor, Michelle, for working all her magic on our episodes, including this one. Catch us on the next episode. Bye. Bye.